Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, Pittsburgh Steelers fans? Welcome back to another episode of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast right here on the Steel Curtain Network, part of the Fans First Sports Network. I am Jeff Hartman, your host. Welcome back. It is Friday. We've done it. We have done it. We've made it through another week. Congratulations, folks. We all did it together. We did it together. Let's get this out of the way first. We're going to talk about some news today. We're going to have Jeremy Drone bets on in the second half. Heart to heart at the very end, like we always do on Fridays. We actually have a lot of news to discuss here. A lot of news to discuss. You know, let's first, before we get to the news, let's reference last show, Wednesday, where I talked about how Steeler fans can't freak out. They cannot freak out about these offensive coordinator interviews. Clearly, you all didn't listen to my message. I know some of the Ride or Die crew sent me some tweets and were poking fun, and I, I appreciate that. It's all in good fun. But the thing for me is that so the Steelers had their first official interview. Now, we heard about Zach Robinson. We heard about Cliff Kingsbury. We talked about that on Wednesday. To get my thoughts, I referenced that show. Go back and check it out. But then they had their first official interview, and that was Thomas Brown. Thomas Brown came from the Carolina Panthers. He was the offensive coordinator last year. Let's talk about what that looked like for him first and foremost. He had the play sheet. He was calling the play. Frank Reich steps in and says, I'm taking over. Probably because he felt like his job was on the line. It doesn't get better. If anything, it gets worse. Frank Reich gets fired. Then they take, go back to Thomas Brown and let him call plays again. And it was bad. It was just an awful situation. Tough to really know what was good, what was right, what was wrong, all that stuff with Thomas Brown. He comes from the Sean McVay tree. He was the quarterback's coach, also spent time as a wide receiver's coach in Los Angeles with the Rams. So that's his tree, so to speak. So that was Thomas Brown, the first official interview for the offensive coordinator position. We will see after the championship weekend if other names become official. If that Zach Robinson report becomes official, same with Cliff Kingsbury. Also, news which happened, I think it was a Wednesday night, Thursday morning, Terrell Austin got a new contract. Everyone is kind of wondering, is it a two-year deal like Jeremy Fowler of ESPN reported, or is it a one-year deal like Jer uh, Jerry Dulac of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette reported? To me, it doesn't matter. All that matters is that we know, fans, that the Steelers have their defensive coordinator back in 2024. Some might say, yay. Some might say, oh, really? That's no good. I get it. Nonetheless, Terrell Austin is back. Uh, some other news. TJ Watt, Joey Porter Jr., they are finalists for two Associated Press AP uh, big awards, accolades. TJ Watt is a finalist for Defensive Player of the Year. 
Joey Porter Jr., defensive rookie of the year finalist. Great job for both these guys. We all know that TJ Watt, you know, they're they're really trying to pump up Miles Garrett over him, even though he has the statistics to back it up. Joey Porter Jr. could very, very easily win that defensive rookie of the year when you look at the other finalists that were listed with him. These will be announced at the NFL Honors, which I believe is February 8th at 9 p.m. It might have been 8 o'clock. I can't remember. Still, it's going to be on CBS, NFL Network, NFL Plus, etc. All right, so that's the news. That's the latest news. I do want to get another. I put a tweet out there. I was thinking this This was Thursday morning. I was thinking Thursday morning about the offensive coordinator search, and all I tweeted out was, you know what? I hope that the Steelers' offensive coordinator, whoever they find, is able to not just get the most out of Kenny Pickett, whoever they have a quarterback. I hope they're able to get the best out of the entire roster. And I, I used two players in particular, and some people took this the, the wrong way. And they thought that I meant that this was like paramount for the offensive coordinator, whoever they hire. And I said, Calvin Austin, the third, can they make him please be a weapon and not just a decoy? And can they get Connor Hayward to be the Swiss army knife that we all thought he was going to be when they drafted him out of Michigan state in, I think the sixth round, that was all I said. I hope that they have a guy that has the, you know, that thought process. And some people on Twitter were just, Oh my gosh, Jeff, you're so far off base. Like that's the least of their concerns. I didn't say that was the top pinnacle concern for the offensive coordinator was to find a way to utilize uh, Calvin Austin, the third, and Connor Hayward, and some people brought up a really good point too, and they said, don't forget Darnell Washington. Yes, I, I should not forget Darnell Washington. He absolutely should be included in this. So with all that, you look at this situation, the offensive coordinator search, it all boils down to once that's done, once they've found their offensive coach, what's next? The next is looking at team needs, and that's what this podcast is all about. It's the Steelers' offseason list of team needs is not short. It's lengthy. and I, I did this article for steelcurtainnetwork.com. You can go and check it out. This ran on Thursday morning, and I listed my top five. Not going to lie. I made a huge glaring mistake. I wrote it quicker than I normally do. I didn't put as much thought into it. I, I, was, under, I was under a time crunch. Had a lot of meetings coming up, and I had to get this article written before that. So it wasn't until I had a break that I thought, not, I, was like, I feel like I'm missing something. And yes, I figured it out. Thanks to the people, the comment section at Steel Curtain Network, where they kind of said, hey, you forgot a pretty big need. So let's go through this. I rank these from one to five. There is a little bit of a caveat because I was an idiot this the Thursday morning. So 1A is center. So let's talk about this. A lot of people might say, Jeff, center is the top of your team need list. Really? That's a stretch. I don't think so. I really don't think so. When you look at when the Steelers have had success in the NFL going back to all the way back to the seventies. They always had a great center as the foundational piece on the offensive line. Mike Webster, you could go to Germani Dawson, even though he never won a super bowl. You could talk about Marquise Pouncey, but he didn't win a super bowl. I mean, there have been some great centers in Steelers history. And yes, they did have the, the Justin Hartwig year in 2009 where they won super bowl 43 and he wasn't it, but still they got it done. Uh, you had, the Doug Ligurski experiment in Super Bowl 45, which didn't pan out. And that was when Marquise Pouncey's rookie year, he got hurt. He wasn't able to play. And so, yeah, you need a center. I feel like that's the rock of the offensive line. And Mason Cole, that's great. They can't do the, the stopgap stuff anymore. They have to do the job in getting their next center for the next 10 plus years. So that's why it's at the top of my list. You get a good center, 
and it may helps everything else fall into place. And it's going to help your quarterback and it's going to help your running game. One B is another offensive line position. And that is offensive tackle. The Steelers need an offensive tackle. They need to find a player that can come in and either play left tackle or they can play right tackle. This is the perfect time for me to say something that I should have said before I started the rankings. And that is simply, this is not just in the draft. This is anyway, this offseason. So this is like pre-free agency, my team needs. Now with center, I'm leaning towards the draft. I want to get a young guy who can come in, think about some of the young centers who have stepped in right away and they have made an impact on their team, like Tyler Linderbaum with the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, you even go to the Kansas City Chiefs, and I, the, his name escapes me now, the left-handed center uh, who the Steelers took Pat Fryermuth over in the second round. Still, I'm thinking center to go to the draft. Offensive tackle, I'm fine if it's a free agent. If it's a left tackle, then fine. Keep Roger Jones at the right side. If it's a, if it's a right tackle, then move him over. They cannot go, in my opinion, they cannot go into this upcoming 2024 season with Dan Moore penciled in as a starter. It just, it can't, you can't do it. You cannot do that. So that's one A and one B. I left off tackle. That was the mistake that I made in the article. So I left off tackle and that's a very glaring hole on this team. Number two. So I cheated and I went one A and one B. Number two, I went with cornerback. So when you look at the cornerback situation, Levi Wallace is a free agent. Patrick Peterson's getting older. Who knows if he'll have anything left in the tank, if they're going to want to keep him around, or maybe he'll be cut. We don't know. Nonetheless, I look at this and I say, okay, cornerback's a need. It is a need. You, you have Joey Porter Jr., and he's great. You need someone across from him. You need Joey Porter Jr. to have someone next to him that's able to go out and, and, and be as good as he is, maybe not as good, but at least comparable. I mean, Joey Porter Jr. is following the, the opposition's best wide receiver as a rookie. Who do they have behind him? It's, it's literally the cupboard is pretty bare. So it's not James Pierre, who's a free agent as well. It's it's not Levi Wallace. And I don't think it's Patrick Peterson. They need to get a cornerback. This is where I'd like to see them go in free agency. I'd like to see them say, okay, free agency, that's where we're going to target the cornerback position. Find someone that knows what they're doing. Find someone that has experience. It doesn't need that leeway like JPJ had the season where it was weeks one through five, and they just didn't know where to go with it. Number three, quarterback. Number three is quarterback. They have to figure out the quarterback position. Kenny Pickett's not going anywhere. We know this as he's still in his first rookie contract. Do they bring in Mason Rudolph to get him back in the fold as a free agent? I don't know. He's probably going to test the waters as he should. Do they go out and get a high-priced player? A Russell Wilson. I hope not. Kirk Cousins would probably be okay with it. Maybe they go with the second-tier free agent, like a Jacoby Brissett, a Joshua Dobbs. I don't know. But they got to figure out the quarterback position. And then also, do they add in the draft? I could see him doing both, dip in free agency, dip in the draft. Let's see what they can do. But quarterback is definitely in my top five. The next two could be flip-flopped, but I have wide receiver at four. And the reason why I have wide receiver is that because Calvin Austin has been used as nothing but a decoy since he is, you know, he lost his rookie season. So last year was like his first real season. Ever since then, he you just kind of look at him like, well, what is this guy doing? Is he the legit number three? Allen Robinson's not going to come back on his current contract. He's going to cost him over $10 million. That's just no way. There's no way the Steelers do that. So when I look at this, I'm thinking they need to get a receiver. They need to get, I'd love for them to draft another young receiver. Deontay Johnson, if they keep him, which I think they will, he's going to be, you know, leaving eventually when his contract expires. George Pickens is still on his rookie deal. 
get another young, talented wide receiver. That is the one position in the NFL where it seems like when they the rookies come in, they don't need a lot of acclimation. They can get in right away and make a difference. That's why I want to see him go wide receiver. Fill up that cupboard. Let's not see it bare. I like wide receivers number four. Now, the fifth one, again, that could be up to four if you want, is more based on injuries than anything else, and that's inside linebacker. You know, Cole Holcomb and Quan Alexander, I really liked that duo. I thought they were phenomenal. I thought they were great. I thought they did a great job stepping in in a really difficult situation at times, and they pieced it together because Quan Alexander was a training camp signing, and they got him in, and as Mike Tomlin says, he got on a moving train. They started to really put the pieces together. Cole Holcomb tears up his knee in Las Vegas. Done for the year. Quan Alexander ruptures his Achilles tendon. Done for the year. So we're thinking, okay, they're still on track to probably be be ready for next season. Mike Tomlin's season-ending press conference was asked about the inside linebackers. His answer, not looking good. Not looking good. Uh, Who knows? We're still progressing. That means that you're talking about Holcomb really tearing up his knee. Quan Alexander's ruptured Achilles, regardless of what Aaron Rodgers says, it takes time. It takes time to heal from that surgery, from that that rehabilitation can be gruesome. I remember having to train people that were coming off that rehabilitation. It is not easy. So you can't guarantee either of those players to be back. We love Alandon Roberts. What Alandon Roberts brings to the team and to the defense and the energy, we love him. But he's only one guy. They need more than that. Miles Jack, Michael Walker, no, like no. Fans are like, bring back Miles Jack. If you want to bring back Miles Jack to compete, sure. But you have to figure what figure out what you're doing at inside linebacker. You've got the outside figured out. Nick Herbig, TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith. Maybe you bring in someone else like a Marcus Golden, not Marcus Golden, but someone like Marcus Golden. Heck, if Marcus Golden wants to come back at league minimum, sure, we'll have it. Have it fine. But if the inside linebacker position. Maybe they need to spend a draft pick on an inside linebacker that can come in and be a difference maker. And that's tough. And it's such a changing position. You know, I talked to some people that know way more about football than I do. And they always talk about how that inside linebacker think about Ryan Shazier. He was kind of that ilk, you know, Leighton Vander Esch. They were really athletic yet could still play the run kind of feel like unicorns anymore. So it's going to be difficult The the Zach Thomas's of the world don't exist. The LeVon Kirklands don't exist. Even though LeVon Kirkland, I interviewed him on this podcast a couple years ago. He says, and I believe it, he could still play in today's NFL if he was young in today's NFL. The dude was way more athletic than you thought. So inside linebacker. So let's recap my list of team needs. 1A center, 1B offensive tackle, 2 cornerback, 3 quarterback, 4 wide receiver, 5 inside linebacker. I'm curious what you think. So here's what I want you to do is to find me on Twitter at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. On Friday morning, this morning, I will put out a link to the, all the shows and say, check it out. Let me know what your top five team needs are. Love to see it in the comment section there below that tweet. Let me know. All right. In the second half, I have Jeremy Drone Betts coming up. And stay tuned to a very special Heart to Heart. We'll be right back. All right, Steeler fans, welcome back to the break. It's the second half of Friday's Let's Ride podcast, which means it is time for the All Bets Are Off segment with Jeremy Jerome Betts. What's up, Jeremy? How's it going? 
It's going great. Um, the the NFL is starting to take shape a little bit more. Uh, we've been seeing some coaching hires go down, and uh, it's really starting to get into the offseason, Jeff. And so yeah. uh, I'm excited for it. And, hey, we still got football games to watch, too. That's fun. We will talk about that. When you said taking shape, I thought you were like, what is he talking about? Figuring out teams? Do we have the <laughs> conference championships this weekend? Like, no. If we haven't figured it out by now, like we have some pretty big issues. But, no, you're right. The coaching carousel continues to spin. We're not going to spend a lot of time on that. The Steelers, though, we will talk about their offensive coordinator vacancy. There have been reports. There's been an official interview. I talked about that official interview in the first half, Thomas Brown. Uh, a lot of fans are freaking out. And I talked about this Wednesday, where it's like, can we not act like these people have been hired just because they got interviewed? I'm, I've been on record. I'm sure, I don't know if you listen to my Wednesday show, but I was on record by saying I'm fine with Mike Tomlin bringing in all sorts of different yes. offensive minds to say, hey, what can we put together? Like, let's see what your vision is. Are you on that same uh, wavelength or do you kind of like, I, you want to know what direction they're headed? No, I'm, I'm definitely on that same wavelength. I, I want to, I want them to test the waters um, for, you know, the best available. And, and yeah. if you pigeonhole yourself into one specific direction, I think too early, then you can become short-sighted and narrow-minded in pursuit of your goal um, and I think that that can become an issue. Um, uh, and so I do think that keeping an open mind and a broad process to this is a good thing. And, um, you know, Cliff Kingsbury, Zach Robinson, Thomas Brown, they're all a little bit different. And I like that, that those are the guys that we're, we're talking about right now. Now, do I hope they hire Cliff Kingsbury? I, I'm not going to say that, but just being out there looking at different candidates and uh, just remember, folks, that there are so many more candidates that are going to become available in the coming weeks here that the Steelers haven't even had a chance to look at yet. And there's still so many candidates already out there. So uh, it's going to be a little bit before this decision is made. Um, and I think that in the meantime, um, check all your bases, you know, yeah. I mean, just test the waters and see what's out there, see what innovative things are happening and a guy like Cliff Kingsbury, for instance, you bring him in, you say, what can you learn or what did you learn from your time at Arizona that you would change coming here? You know, you figure out all these different things about him. So I don't think it's just the young, hot, whatever uh, offensive coordinator um, that you have to bring in. You've got to go uh, around the block and figure it out. And let's also not forget that sometimes there are these diamonds in the rough, so to speak. So when you talk about one of the most impressive coaching staffs ever assembled was probably that Washington Redskins coaching staff, yeah. which had Jay Gruden. It had Sean McVay. It had uh, the, the uh, McDaniel down in Miami. It had Kyle yeah. Shanahan. Like It was incredible. The staff that they had assembled on that coaching staff, they all started somewhere. And I think about one of the hottest names in terms of play calling duties, and he's gotten interviews. I don't think he's been hired as a head coach. Bobby Slowick down in uh, Houston, or Slowick, however you say his name. I apologize yep, if I mispronounced Slowick. it. Anyone know who that guy was before this year? I didn't. Yeah, PFF he, did. <laughs> oh, of course, yeah, PFF, yeah, in hindsight. But, I mean, PFF will say, hey, okay, he XYZ, whatever. He was in San Francisco. I think he was a wide receivers yep. coach. D'Amico yep. Ryan knows him from being on the same staff. He brings him to Houston. Now, all of a sudden, this guy's like, wow, Like, look what he can do. Sometimes you get those coaches. That is still a thing. I think we all need to remember yeah. that. So yeah, yeah, Anything I do. Else? I do. 
I do too. And that's why, um, you know, one of my favorite candidates is the son of Wade Phillips up in yeah. Minnesota. And the, I mean, this guy is, um, he, he's been around the Shanahan tree, the McVay tree. He's over with Kevin O'Connell in Minnesota. And I love O'Connell's offense. I love what they do with their weapons. And, you know, there, there are so many guys that, I, I mean, look at the Steelers history here. Mike Tomlin was a relative unknown at the time of his hiring as head coach. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there, there are guys that can be interviewed yet that we haven't even heard their name really. And, you know, yeah. a guy like Slowick, uh, interestingly enough, was on that Washington Redskins coaching staff way back in the day. Uh, and then went kind of a real uh, crazy route to get to where he's at working for PFF. And then, you know, in San Francisco, it's just a crazy story. So you never know where these guys come from. It's all about vision. What's Mike Tomlin's vision for this, this offense that he wants on his team and uh, who fits that best. That's going to be the, the situation that the Steelers are going to go with here. Well, let's, let's keep going down this road because I'm enjoying this conversation. So let's keep it going. Mike Tomlin's vision. You brought it up. I talked about it on Wednesday. I read the direct quote from his transcript after his season-ending press conference last Thursday where he talked about how he is so excited to see what the, these other people's visions are and if they match mm. his. My question for you, Jeremy, is after we've seen Mike Tomlin since 2007, what would you say or how would you describe Mike Tomlin's quote-unquote vision for offense? I do think it's changed. I'll say that right off the yes. bat. I do think it's changed, but what do you think heading into 2024 is his vision? Well, I think 2023 was a linchpin year in his process for offense uh, and his vision for it because um, it was such a disaster in the Matt Canada era. And, you know, even, even Roethlisberger in 2017, 2018 was probably propping up an offensive scheme that really wasn't doing much. And then you had the injury and, uh, nothing in 2019 2020 started off hot but then teams figured it out and the Steelers have never been able to rebound from that and each of their uh, coordinators since that time have been fired uh, because of performance issues you know it's just yeah. one of those things where um, you know I think that you had Tomlin had like a system of doing things that was working when the you had the star quarterback there um, where you just kind of kept rolling with the guys you had and just kept promoting from within. And now the luck has run out with that. And it's, it's because, you know, you don't have guys who can transcend the talent on the roster and make them better um, because you don't also don't have transcendent talents on the roster. It's kind of like a, a vicious cycle here that the Steelers are in. So breaking free from that, I think is the big deal. So moving forward, I do kind of trust Tomlin's vision because I think he's seen where he doesn't want to go back to. And I think that moving forward, it's going to be different. And um, whether the individual guy actually works out or not is a big question still, because you never know about a guy until he's actually been there and done it for your team with your players for a while. But the direction of it can be better and the vision behind it can be better, and I expect that that will be the case. Yeah, and, and Art Rooney was the one that wanted Matt Canada and wanted yes. to retain Matt Canada. So I'll be, I would be really interested, and maybe I'll have to tap my source on the shoulder yes. and say, like, is, is Tomlin getting more say? And, you know, I, I think there's a lot of discussion surrounding Tomlin in the fact that 
he's entering the last year of his contract. Everyone's talking extension, but it's not done yet. And so an offensive coordinator, you, you have to wonder what kind of experience they have and do they want that job? It's going to be interesting. It's going to be a very telling off season. And that's got to be the first shoe to drop. We talked about that last week. So, okay, let's, let's talk about something that I know that you probably keep tabs on more. You're more of a PFF guy, but I teased how the news that broke on Thursday, TJ Watt, we know he's a finalist for defensive player of the year. And so is Joey Porter jr. For the rookie defensive player of the year. I was looking at the, the, the guys that were in the defensive rookie of the year category. Let me find the tweet here. And it was the defensive rookie of the year. Here we go. Um, my gosh, if I could find it, it's not the right one. Anyways, I know that, uh, do yeah. you happen to know this? Have uh, those names? So Will Anderson. Yeah. Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, Joey Porter, Jr. Um, Devin Devon Witherspoon mm -hmm. and there was oh um the defensive tackle from the Rams uh I can't think of his name right now but um but I I know who it is Kobe Turner uh Kobe Turner so those five okay. guys were the were the finalists off the top of my head so here we go I have it now yeah you're right um so Will Anderson Jalen Carter Joey Porter Jr. Kobe Turner and Devin Witherspoon I think he has a shot don't you I would say so. Um, I think that they're that the benefit of the doubt probably ends up going to one of the guys who rushes the passer, um, whether that's Jalen Carter or um, Will Anderson. But, you know, he wasn't getting talked up a lot across the media platforms as a candidate for defensive rookie of the year. And I always thought that was kind of strange. But now you see he's a finalist. That obviously means he earned. Uh, a top five finish at the very least in the voting. So I think he does have a shot and uh, whether that's a, a first place win or, you know, second or third in, in the actual voting, I think it's probably more like that, but you do have a guy here that is getting recognition um, from I, the people who I guess matter, <laughs> the 50 voters yeah. here. Um, and that is good to, good to see, you know, uh, because I, I think, I think by the end of the season, um, among all cornerbacks, he was top three in a passer rating against. I mean, he's or catch percentage or something along those lines. So he's playing really well. He deserved a lot more attention than I thought he was getting, especially when it comes to like all rookie teams and things like that. Yeah, he did get all rookie team pro football writers of America. Yes, uh, I, I look at. Uh, the positional stuff you mentioned this is what's going to get him. I think he's yeah. not rushing the passer. He's not getting a lot of tackles and what makes his season so special is not something that you tangibly see. So yeah. yes, you might see him follow a receiver across the formation when they go in motion, but man, he did a, he did a hell of a job against some really good receivers, yes. veteran receivers as a rookie. And I have to remind myself that he was following Stefan Diggs, DK Metcalf, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins down the stretch. That is a tough ask. And the Steelers not only let him do it, but trusted him to do it. And when you look at those advanced advanced analytics, so when you look at the Zebra yeah. Technologies uh, advanced analytics, they even show how good his coverage was. And people will say he's too handsy. And I think he led all defensive backs with penalties. But I think that he has a legitimate shot at this thing. But the problem yeah. is, is that the position that he plays, he didn't have a crazy number of interceptions. I think one, right? Just one. Yep. Just, Just one against one. Lamar. Yep. He'll have like pass defenses here or there, but yeah. he's not going to probably win it. But I, I think he has right. a chance at least to get some votes. So we'll see.
yeah, he's one of those guys that is like, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's the Island effect, right. Where he mm -hmm. just kind of takes away that, that receiver or that portion of the field for the majority of the game. And so he's not going to get a bunch of targets every game. He's not going to get um, picked on if you will, because he's locking guys down. But um, you know, again, with uh, part of what helps his case, I think in, in the defensive rookie of the year is actually going to be those advanced analytics, the PFF, every play type stuff. Um, and these guys that are voting are obviously looking at that and they put a lot of weight into it, more weight than I would put into it. Um, cause it has to match up with what we're seeing on the field as well. Um, as far as results, but, uh, it is kind of ironic. He's probably getting a boost from the PFF guys in the DP or the defensive rookie of the year race while TJ Watts getting the bump, uh, down from the PFF guys in the DPOY race. Well, let's talk about that because the defensive player of the year, you have uh, Deron Bland, Max Crosby, Miles Garrett, Micah Parsons, and TJ Watt. No, that's not any order. It's alphabetical order. That's right. the FIFA fans don't freak out. They're putting him last. That's not what that <laughs> means. It's just alphabetical order. Yeah. Um, you know, TJ Watt, I remember when he won it, obviously he was going up against Aaron Donald was his biggest competition. Should have won it the year prior. Yes. And Aaron Donald won it. And it sure seems like there's a lot of setup for Miles Garrett. The stats don't lie, though. Like, if, if there's people out there that vote on this that say, you know, I didn't get to watch a lot of these guys, like, every single game. I'm just going to look at the stats. How do you not give it to TJ Watt? Uh, I mean, you go to the advanced analytics <laughs> and look at those with your stats, and, and you weigh those heavier. Uh, that's the problem is that there are groups of people who weigh the advanced analytics which are supposed to be predictors of success, not the success in and of itself right? and the determining factor of success. And people go to that and, and kind of mix the philosophy there. And, but I agree with you, Jeff, when you, when you just, when you turn on the tape in the moments and, and when you look at the stats of this guy, it, it just, it's a, another level from what we're seeing from the Garrett's and Parsons. I mean, those guys ended with, what 14 15 sacks a piece that's uh, and went for long streaks without sacks yeah. i mean i would put max crosby and his impact on the game above um either one of those players at for portions of this season so um obviously deron bland is there because of the special season with the pick sixes you can't deny that but you know he wasn't really great in coverage uh overall either the pick sixes kind of put him on the map there but uh just an outstanding season but the, the, the DPOY this year should go to TJ Watt. Will it? I don't know. Let's hope that maybe some of the uh, voters uh, fell more along the lines of, of TJ this year uh, than, than Miles Garrett, but it's going to be tough to see. Okay, let's finish this up with a little prediction time. AFC, okay. NFC championship game. Let's take a look at the AFC championship game, which is first, 3 o'clock. In Baltimore, M&T Bank Stadium. It's supposed to be actually in very, very like warm. Yeah. Uh, here in, in the mid Atlantic, nice. they're calling for like mid forties, maybe a chance of rain, but not like anything torrential downpours or anything like that. So it should be absolutely phenomenal weather. And so right now the line though is, is kind of crazy because when I think about this, I'm like, really Baltimore is giving four points to the chiefs at home. Okay. Like they're laying four. That's the book that I'm looking at. How do you see this game playing out? Who's going to the Super Bowl? So, um, uh, what, what I want to happen is obviously Kansas city to win. I'm not rooting for the Ravens at all. Um, the, the issue with this game here is 
that I just think this Ravens team is built different in 2024 or 2023. Um, and they're at home. The weather's going to be nice. Um, but it's that defense in Baltimore and it's, it's way better than the bills defense and the bills have a good defense, but it's the pass rush. It's the, it's the front front four guys that can get after the quarterback. And the one thing that we saw from Mahomes last week against Buffalo is he just dancing back there all day to throw. Um, they're giving him lanes to scramble. And this defense is so much more disciplined, so much better. Um, I actually, if it wasn't for Patrick Mahomes being behind center, um, you know, I think that the spread would be even more. I think it should be more actually. Uh, I think the Ravens are going to win by at least a touchdown in this game. Wow. I'm going to say, I'm going to say um, 33 to 24. Mm. Okay. I don't see the, the Ravens even giving up 24, but I think this game is going to be lower scoring than people think. Okay. I think both defenses are going to come out, but if the chiefs have a chance, which they do because Patrick Mahomes is a really good player, they're going to have to get try to get a lead early. Yeah. They're going to have to try and take the running game out. And so if they can duplicate their success, meaning the chunk plays they got against Buffalo against Baltimore and Baltimore has been susceptible to the big play this season. This is not something new. If you watch them a lot, like a lot of Steeler fans do when they aren't playing, uh, you see that they do tend to sometimes give up some big plays, especially if Marlon Humphrey's out there, he will take gambles. He will get burned. If the chiefs can get a couple and as and get Pacheco going, we'll see. I think the Ravens ultimately win but I am going to take the chiefs getting four. I think it's going to be oh, okay. close. I think okay. it's going to be close. Now let's go to the nightcap, the lions at the 49ers. The 49ers are spotting a touchdown, seven points to Detroit. Detroit. It's seen, feels like it's like America's team right now. Everyone's yeah. pulling for Dan Campbell and the guys to maybe get to their first Super Bowl. What do you think? Uh, I think a lot of this determines on the health of Debo Samuel. Um, yes. We saw during the season, Debo Samuel out for three games uh, in the middle of the year, and they lose all three of those. Uh, that was, not a coincidence, I, I, I don't think. So um, uh, it's, it is, you know, just such a tough game to pick for me because I do not trust Brock Purdy. I, I just don't. And maybe that's biased of me because he's the anti-Kenny Pickett and I can't stand that. He's the one who worked out of the seventh round of that draft and Kenny Pickett hasn't worked out yet from the first round of that draft. Um so I'll throw that disclaimer out there that maybe I'm a little biased, but I, I would say objectively too, what we saw out of him in the divisional round against green Bay, isn't going to win against Detroit in this um, championship round here. So um, I, I think I trust the the lions offense actually to figure out the um, figure out the San Francisco defense more than I trust Brock Purdy to go into this and not make, any mistakes in the big game. So I'm actually going to take the dog here and I'm going to say that the lions win this game and it's going to be a close one. It's going to be a thriller. It might be one that they pull out in the very, very end when they had no business doing so um, because this 49ers team is talented, but I'm going to say that the lions win this game 27 to 24 uh, with a last second touchdown or field goal to win this game. You know, I will say this, you know, we have a, I said this on the NFL whip round with coach Kevin Smith. Uh, you know, we have Rob stats. Guerrero does our 49ers coverage on fans for sports network. He does a phenomenal job. And he said, yes, it's been a while since the 49ers have played a really good game. And so either they're trending in the wrong direction or they're going to get it right. 
Yeah. If Debo Samuel's not playing, I don't think they get it right. And so I actually think the Lions are going to win. I think they're going to keep it close. Definitely take the Lions minus plus seven. But I could see them winning outright, in which case yeah. a Baltimore-Detroit Super Bowl yeah. would be interesting. Uh, we'll see. We shall see yeah. for sure. One, but one more note on one more note on yeah. that. Um, uh, I'm rooting for e- either one of the non-Raven or uh, San Francisco teams to get in because I am so tired of this colors of the Super Bowl logo crap that's going on. <laughs> I cannot stand it. Uh, I heard you say that on your NFL stuff. It, ma- it makes me mad so i'm i'm just hoping for for that reason alone that one of those teams doesn't make it so that all the the nfl scripted naysayers can go crawl back into their caves that's hysterical all right <laughs> so why don't you tell us what's coming up on the uh what, what do you have cooking any, any articles are you working on anything yeah. yeah so we just came out with uh my game plan for the off season um part one i'm working on part two right now part one was about the coaches and i focused mainly on the offense because that's where most of the changes are going to take place we were already pretty much aware that um terrell austin was coming back so uh focused on the coaches there uh specifically on the offense and how to how to get ready uh for the upcoming season by best prepping your your coaching staff and right now i'm working on players and uh talking about how to uh, adjust the cap to get cap compliant and ready to spend a little bit in free agency this year. And then which positions kind of I'm targeting uh, through free agency or the draft or both. And so that's going to be coming out uh, probably early portion of next week. By the time I finish it, putting in some research into this one and um, a little more effort than maybe just like a, a title piece. But uh, yeah. this one, that one's coming out. You can follow me on X at the bets 93. Be sure to check out there. That's where I post um, the Steelers fix podcast when it comes out. Um, and the uh, Steelers Q and a this Sunday night, again, we'll be talking um, Steelers off season and, and how to best prepare for like the senior bowl and things like that. And answering your questions. Absolutely. Good stuff, Jeremy. As always, we'll talk next week and by then we'll know the Super Bowl. So take it easy. Have a good weekend. Have a good one. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. All right, and a big thanks to Jeremy for taking the time, as he always does every Friday, to talk some Steelers football, to talk about the playoffs and some predictions. Always a lot of, always a good time, a lot of fun. Let's finish this up talking about those playoffs. You know, this weekend is championship weekend, and this is when kind of for me that depression sort of sets in. And when I say depression, no, it's not a physical depression. It's my family wouldn't know anything. It just comes down to the fact that I love football. I love football season. I love being around the game and seeing it and talking about it. And the news, the news cycle never ends, but not when we're talking about actual games. My favorite weekend of the year 
is the divisional round because you still have two days of games, Saturday and Sunday. Once you get to the conference championship and there's only two games and one day, it's kind of depressing. But I'm going to say this. My heart to heart today is just enjoy it. Enjoy these last two games. You might be rooting as hard as you can for the Kansas City Chiefs to beat the Ravens. That's fine. I can get behind that. You could be rooting for the Detroit Lions to beat the 49ers because you don't want the 49ers to get to the Super Bowl and potentially win a six Super Bowl. Hey, that's fine. I can get behind that too. But the one thing I will say is enjoy this weekend because after this weekend, we're stuck with the freaking Pro Bowl activities, which I'm not watching anyways. And then after the Pro Bowl activities, we have the Super Bowl and that's it. And then that's it. Then we have the rest of February and half of March before the new league year starts on March 13th. And that's when the free agency period and all that stuff starts happening. So enjoy it. The the offseason is so long. Enjoy these playoff games, even though the Steelers aren't in it. And I get it. That sucks. But ultimately, enjoy these games because when they're gone, you're going to wish you had them around. All right. That's my heart to heart. I hope everyone enjoyed this show. I know I did. We'll be back on Monday with a Monday morning conversation. I already have some people lined up, so this is going to be fun and exciting. So make sure you check out that, that out Monday morning. In the meantime, you know how we finish it out. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you on Monday. Good deal.